At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back. Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Uh, first episode back from championship weekend and another just i mean perfect weekend of football both games coming down to the wire and here we have it super bowl matchup is set the bengals taking on matthew stafford and the los angeles rams and we have plenty of time to talk about this matchup uh from the spread the total all of the props that will be available to you at bet river sportsbook and and we'll be covering it, uh, you know, as, as much as we can here between now and kickoff. And to help me yeah, preview, a very early preview of the Super Bowl and, and recap all the craziness from championship weekend, Will Hill will join me for our weekly crossover edition right here between the Philadelphia and New York City cast. Uh, so good way to start the week with Will here. Hope you enjoy our conversation. We have a lot to get to. We'll get to some NBA talk, some Sixers talk, some MVP talk, and Brady, and whatever else comes our way. So without further ado, let's get right into our conversation with Will Hill. Enjoy. All right, so here we are, and um, you know, now that we have an extra week, it's, uh, you know, I, I saw something, I forget where I saw it from Will and, and from who, but uh, over analysis i think now is is maybe the one worry with all this extra time between now and the super bowl but we'll get to our thoughts on the super bowl i think you know you and i have some uh some recapping to do from championship weekend another unbelievable weekend will yeah usually you know football uh season sunday we all the games go on monday we recap and by tuesday we're on to next week i mean that's just the betting world it's on to today's games next week's games Last week was kind of an exception because the division round was so great and he went into conference title weekend thinking, all right, maybe you'll get one good game. Chances are there's no way they live up to the hype. And, man, the games were just as good. And uh, I'm still somewhat in disbelief at how good the games were. The Chiefs with really just, you know, I mean, that's not a short list for all-time collapses when you think of, you know, I mentioned the Yankees 3 off against the Red Sox in 2004. Uh, your Sixers is kind of on the list up two games to one last year, up 25 in, in some of those games. You know, the Clippers yeah. in the bubble up three games to one, up 20 in game five, at the, you know, the end of the fourth, fourth quarter. Uh, that's up there. I mean, I, I haven't seen any crazy tickets on anyone that bet the Bengals live um, in terms of, you know, I, I can't imagine what the live line was. It had to have been, you know, 20 to 1, 25 to 1 when it was 21 to 3. Just uh, an all-time meltdown, an all-time comeback, and uh, the Bengals move on. I, I really still can't believe it. Um, how much of Andy Reid 
do you factor in? I mean, that's been the talk here in Philadelphia, you know, obviously for Andy Reid's past, amongst some other things. And it's been the talk nationally, too. But uh, end of the first half, that decision to go for it. Yeah, I was fine with going for it. You just you can't have that play call. You can't even have that maybe be an option. You gotta I, I put that on Mahomes. Look, five seconds, you really have four seconds to play with. Anything you can do something quick in four seconds from the one, but it's gotta be quick. It's gotta be in the end zone. If it's incomplete, whatever, if there's nothing there, you throw it into the ground. You you walk away with the field goal, you're in good shape. You can't throw it in the field of play. Now I know you had Hill one on one with a guy and you feel good about that, but uh you just can't have it. And uh, it ended up costing him. And you know what? At the time, to be fair, it didn't feel that consequential. It felt like, oh, no. maybe, you know, this will bring some some uh, drama into the spread. You know, if you laid the seven or the seven and a half, you think, oh, I hope that doesn't come back to screw me. But nobody was sitting there watching that game saying, oh, my God, the Chiefs are going to lose because they let three points get away. They're up 21 to 10. They moved the ball up and down the field every time they had it, you know, three touchdowns and then a drive to the one where they ran out of time. Uh, and then they were getting the ball to start the second half. So they're up 21 to 10, getting the ball. You figure, you know what, you score, you go up 20 to 10, uh, and it's a laugher. So it really didn't feel consequential at the time. And, you know, I really didn't have a problem with him going for it. You just got to be smarter than that. You got to you, – that's on Mahomes. Mahomes played terribly really from that point on. I don't know if he was concussed because he was making some terrible decisions. If you watch uh, even the last drive, there were guys wide open all over the place, and he's running around like a, a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, really a, a bad, bad Mahomes game. Uh, you know, you could get on Reed. I, I think the one thing a lot of the X's and O's people say, you know what, since he dropped eight guys into coverage, they were just daring the Chiefs to run the ball, and uh, the Chiefs wouldn't run it. And that, that's kind of been Andy Reed's bugaboos, you know, refusing to run the ball in the clock. Uh, I, those are really his his two weaknesses over his career. Uh, he kind of got past those a little bit. You know, he won the Super Bowl, so all is forgiven, but uh, they sort of popped up. And I, I really thought at the end of the game, too, the end of the second half, I should say, he kind of got cute in terms of when they were trying to score, trying to manipulate, you know, we want to score, but we want to leave no time. You're down by three. Just get in the end zone. Get up by four points. I think it was kind of in their head last week, the Bills game, where both teams scored so quickly that, you know, he's really trying to leave the Bengals with no time, which I understand. But, you know, just get in the end zone. Get a four-point lead. Uh, it's not like, look, everyone's all over Burrow now, and Burrow's a great player. I would love to have him on my team. So would you, I'm sure. This Bengal offense hasn't been great. They've been good. They haven't been great. I think they only have like four offensive touchdowns in the playoffs. It really, it's not like they're lighting up the scoreboard. It's been a lot of the defense. It's been turnover. So I just, I would have gotten in the end zone as quick as I could there from the Chiefs. I'll go up by four and I'll take my chances. Yeah, I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, not I think, I mean, we, we both know that their offense more than anything has been clutch and timely, right? Like they, they're not dominating. They're no. not really scaring anyone, but the Chiefs go from, you know, the Golden State Warriors, the greatest show on turf, unstoppable. Everything they touch turns to gold to everything that you just detailed coming to a, a, a screeching halt. And the Bengals then just started to make enough plays to to capitalize on it. And you have to give them credit. They they hung around. I mean, you and I were texting. It, it was all Kansas City. And then all of a sudden, even before the end of the, the first half, you're like, Okay, it's twenty-one to ten. I mean, it feels like yeah, it feels like the Chiefs are up by twenty-eight here. They're up by eleven. Um, so it's like, and I'm I'm not trying to 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 um, you know, criticize the Bengals, but they're just sort of scratching and clawing and lingering around, creeping around, uh, and then they pounce when when you make a mistake or you're not able to to continue to to keep the pressure on. 
Yeah, and I didn't really take it seriously until it was it was 21-13. I thought the Chiefs were okay. They held the Bengals to a field goal. It's like, all right, you're up one and a half scores. Because really, when you're up eight, you kind of feel good because they need a touchdown and they yeah. need the two. The two is like a 50-50 play. Even then, if, if they get it, they're tied. But at 21-13, Mahomes threw a, a pick. I think it was tipped on like a screen pass. It was a... a you know, high risk, no reward play. Even if he completes it, it's like a two-yard loss. Uh, the defensive lineman, I think it was B.J. Hill, catches it. And then you're saying, oh, wow, now, now they're in business. They're down eight. They're right there. Uh, they get the touchdown. They tie it. Then that was, the, to me, the turning point where we started to say, all right, it's the end of the third quarter here. This is kind of anyone's game. You know, the, the longer this game goes where it's tied, it just comes down to a possession, a play. And, you know, the Chiefs had a million opportunities even after that. I think it was Ingram who dropped the interception. Uh, Burrow, that would have been both these quarterbacks who won got away with bad plays. Stafford had the interception dropped to, uh, by Tart late in the game, and Burrow's running out of bounds. He's just throwing it away, and he carelessly leaves it in bounds. The guy for Kansas City was in bounds. He just dropped it, uh, and, and he threw another interception right around midfield. You figure the Chiefs, boom, short field to punch it in. Couldn't do anything with that. It was uh, really a lot of missed opportunities. And then the Chiefs had Burrow. It felt like three or four times for sacks, big losses, and Burrow just kind of got out of trouble. Ran for you know a, a couple of huge first downs, and uh, once it got into overtime, even though the Chiefs won the toss, I just I, I felt like since he was going to steal the game, and you know Mahomes almost threw a pick on the first play, he almost Eli Apple dropped the pick six the second play, then he does get picked off the third play. Really, uh, still just such a bizarre game. It's hard to believe that the Chiefs lost that game. You think you know you, you go to training camp in July, you work all that time. You know, six know. weeks of training camp, four games of preseason, 16 regular season, 17 regular season games, three games in the playoffs just to get back to where you just were. I mean, it's a long way to go but to go back to the AFC Championship game where you're home. You're up 21 to three. Uh, just an epic, epic meltdown by the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and I just want to make, you know, one more point on the Chiefs and Mahomes. You know, I, I know we still have to get to 49ers Rams, maybe some Brady talk, whatever else, you know, comes up on our radar here, Will. But you know, Mahomes has a lot of a lot of Brett Favre in him, right? And and Brett Favre is one of my all-time favorite players. So it's not necessarily a criticism, but the bad Brett Favre. And when it becomes too much of backyard, I got you, don't worry, I'm going to run around, uh, we'll, we'll make this happen, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> and that's, the, that's, I think, what we sort of witnessed, especially in that second half, him trying to do too much, a lot of help, like uh, hecticness, whatever, however you want to describe it. And uh, the proof was in the pudding there. Yeah, and I think that goes back to your Andy Reid point, too. I think he gets a little caught up in, hey, I have Superman, so I'm just going to rely on Superman to go win the game. It's like, dude, the Russian three, just run the ball. They ran for like six yards of carry, which yep. – uh, I get it. If you have Mahomes, you're antsy to play with that toy. You want to throw the ball downfield, but just take your four, five, six yards. Eventually, they're going to have to start creep up, change their defense. Then you can hit them, uh, you know, with the deep balls. And uh, yeah, you're right. And it, I just think they become so reliant on Mahomes. And you look at the weapons. All right, Hill's great. Kelsey's outstanding. Both Hall of Famers. After that, there is a drop off. You know, Hardman, Pringle. They could definitely use that third guy. I know Watkins uh, was kind of a hit or miss guy, but Watkins at least gave him that third weapon, that third receiver, and. Uh, Edwards Alaire doesn't really give him anything, too. I mean, that's a real uh, line yeah. in the sand moment when you think about that draft after they won the Super Bowl. That was during uh, the pandemic, during the lockdown. Uh, remember, Edwards Alaire was like 10 to 1 to be the first running back picked, kind of an out of the box pick. And everyone's like, oh, you know, he was on that great offense at LSU. This is, uh, this is an interesting pick. He's like Brian Westbrook. You know, he's going to do great with Andy Reid. You look at the running backs that went after him, uh, dealing with the Packers would, would help him. 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor went after him. I think Jonathan Taylor went 42nd. Imagine Jonathan Taylor on this Chiefs offense, DeAndre Swift. Man. So that pick is kind of where it started to unravel. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just hard to win. It shows times. You, yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, it, it shows you, you how hard it is just to win. I mean, look at what Brady and Belichick did. And, you know, it seems like Mahomes is going to win five, six Super Bowls. He's, he, they've hosted four straight AFC title games. He's won one. Rodgers hasn't won and been to a Super Bowl in 11 years. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, with those Seahawks teams, it looked like they were going to win a bunch. It's really, really hard to win. You, you need a lot of luck. It really is. It, it it's it's impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's it's borderline impossible, and that's what makes what Brady did throughout his career just I, I think that much more remarkable. I still think people don't understand how difficult it is to win in, in this league. It's it, it's near impossible. Um, so it's that was crazy. But hey, Cincinnati, no playoff win since ninety. Now the first time they get one, they get a couple of them in a row, string them together, and now we have Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Uh, they'll be taking on the Rams. And the Rams, man, they find a way to win. Um, hopefully you got the 49ers at three and a half. If you were on the 49ers, it looked like San Francisco was going to figure out a way to pull out, pull out the outright win there for a while, Will. And, um, you know, not, not, at, not the extreme uh, that it was in the Chiefs Bengals game, but I, a similar type of not collapse, but yeah, was 49ers went stale, Rams capitalize, uh, and, and they come out on top. Well, what was your biggest takeaway from that one? Shanahan. Uh, this is all Shanahan. He, he lost. He deserved to lose. I mean, you, you got the ball second and one at the Rams 42. You're up three. There's like eight, nine minutes left. You got all these weapons. I mean, they have some unbelievable weapons with Kittle, Samuel. They have a good offensive line. You know, Ayuk's a good player, Mitchell. You got second and one at the Rams 42. They run a couple stupid plays. Next thing you know, it's fourth and two. Okay. Uh, all right. You can still get two yards. You got a really good offensive line. You got a million guys, you know, in the middle of the field you can throw it to, to punt the ball there. And they punted three times from inside the Rams 45. It's just, it's so conservative. You can say, oh, it's it's analytics to go for. It's, it's not even, well, it is analytics, but it's common sense. I mean, if right. you're the Rams, what do you want your team, the opponent to do? What do you not want the, the opponent to do? If you're a Rams fan, if you bet on the Rams, you're dying for the punter to come out there. You're so happy that he's going to mm -hmm. punt it. You're terrified that they're going to go for it on fourth and two uh, and get it and get more points and put the game away. And, you know, you go back to the second and one, the third and two, it should be four down territory. Uh, you know, they're cheating up against the run. Everyone's expecting the run. I know you don't really trust Garoppolo. But man, if you could just play action there and hit Kittle, hit Samuel for 20 yards, uh, you're going to be inside the 20. You're going to have the clock moving. You're probably going to go up 10 points and put the game away. And, you know, Shanahan has just been so conservative. And, you know, he's a younger guy. You would think analytically driven. He's offensive-minded. He runs a really good offense, a brilliant offense. He's just so conservative. And you can't play to lose in these games. You have to be aggressive. Uh, you have to capitalize. You can't. I mean, what did you really gain by punting the ball there? You got, what, 22 yards in field position? I mean, Stafford got that back with one play to Beckham. Uh, and then the personal foul just thought the game really turned at that point. And, you know, who knows if Garoppolo was healthy, not healthy. He was uh, he I, I've defended him at times. I thought he's kind of underrated, underappreciated. It was hard to defend him after that Sunday. He was he was really bad in the game. Really bad. He was he he certainly wasn't good. Just another average performance, like 16 of 30, a uh, couple of picks. You know, Tart dropped a big one. Uh, I'm not going to ran for that too. is the reason. But Stafford gift wrapped. An interception for the 49ers and uh, Tart just hit him right in between the numbers. And, uh, you know, the next play is that Odell Beckham Jr. catch followed by the the targeting or late hit, tackle on 15 yards. The rest is essentially history. L.A. Rams advance. 
I think you brought this point up to me a couple of weeks ago. I could be mistaken, but I mean, I think we do have to give Garoppolo some credit. And, you know, they had a, a top five pick that they didn't even use. That's the point that I think you brought up to me. Like, what if they used anyone? <laughs> I'm like, if yeah. they went a different direction and didn't go Trey Lance, just as it relates to this season. Um, you know, so Garoppolo, I think, is is average at best, but he is that, you know, winner. Uh, and, man, I just can't imagine maybe if they had some help with that pick instead of on the sideline all year. Yeah, and as bad as he plays, if Tart catches the interception, I mean, he's probably in his second Super Bowl in the three in three years. He's favored in the Super Bowl, and you're kind of going to sit there and shrug and say, all right, I don't know that he's that good, but he's also in his second Super Bowl in three years, really. <laughs> Uh, would have right. been kind of confounding. And, yeah, they got nothing out of Lance. And I, you can't even get a package out of him. You can't even get a play. You know, just use him as a decoy where you come in and, you know, just have have some sort of way to use his skill set. He, he, they did that early in the year. And, you know, as the year went on, he just he kind of disappeared. And, you know, you, you think maybe he's ready next year. But if he was so far away from being ready this year, you really think he's going to come in next year and produce? It's really uh, strange to give up that much draft capital for a team that's this good. And then to just basically not use him when you think of who they could have had. I mean, you could have had Waddle. You could have had Jamar Chase. You didn't even have to trade up. I mean, uh, so many guys. And, again, like Kansas City, I mean, that's a tough one. You're up 10 in, in the NFC title game. And you can say, you know what, we'll be back next year. And maybe they will be. And, and maybe you won't be back for eight years. I mean, sometimes you get your opportunity and you have your window of two, three years, and it just kind of closes. I mean, you know, think of the Vikings. They were young, uh, a young team in that 2017 NFC title game. They had everything in front of them. Uh, they come out, they lose to Philly, and all right, we'll be back. We'll add Cousins. That's our missing piece. I mean, they haven't sniffed the NFC title game since they've been in the playoffs once, I think, since. I mean, uh, it's hard. It's hard to win, and you never know when you're going to have those opportunities, and the 49ers really, really let one uh, get away the other day. And, you know, even though he won, McVay wasn't that impressive either. I mean, some of those challenges, no. that might be the worst challenge I've ever seen, uh, that one with Juice Check. I don't know who was telling him the challenge. You're watching the replay just waiting for something where you can say, all right, now I see why he challenged it. It made no sense. It was never close to a fumble. And uh, it was like you know, eight, nine minutes left in the game. And he's like out of timeouts. He's out of challenges. It was really bizarre. Not a coaching clinic by either guy. No, certainly was not. Um, and it's just it's just so difficult. But, you know, give Cincinnati credit. Uh, give the Rams credit. They're, they've been doing enough. And, and here we are. And, and you know, I'm, I'm excited for this Super Bowl. Will, um, listen, I, I, I love and appreciate Tom Brady's greatness. We finally don't have him in a Super Bowl. You know, and, and we don't have Mahomes and the Chiefs. Listen, I enjoy watching them. I'll take that 10 out of 10 times. But I'm not, I'm not the guy that's upset or sitting here saying this is a weird Super Bowl or a bad Super Bowl. I think this is going to be another excellent game. We had five of the last six playoff games get decided by a field goal. That sixth one, the Chiefs, Bills, in overtime in the divisional round. So we've had consistently unbelievable, uh, unbelievably entertaining football, however you want to describe it. So uh, Cincinnati Bengals are the home team in uh, in SoFi Stadium in L.A. Uh, Rams are the four-point favorite at Bet River Sportsbook here in PA. Will the total 48 and a half. Let's, uh, let's start to get into this one a little bit. Uh, and we can start with the spread wherever you want to go. Yeah, I don't have, uh, you know, really haven't made any bets yet. I think the prop market will be profitable. I, it's going to be a tight line. I think that line is just about right. The four, we're starting to see some four and a halves, you know, even if it ticks up. Now, every point matters, but every half point matters, but not, not every half point matters equally. You know, the, the difference between four or four and a half, five, not a lot of games land on five. So if it closes five, I wouldn't be surprised. Not a big difference between four and five. 
Uh, we've seen the under take some money. Opened, I think, 50, 49 and a half. Seen it go down to 48 and a half. I could still see it going down uh, a little more. We've had a habit in these Super Bowls. They're very slow starting. You know, I think it was Tom Brady who hadn't scored a point in his career in the Super Bowl and all the Super Bowls he played in. So there's definitely a feeling out process early in these games. So uh, I would lean towards the under here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where this this close is. Probably four or four and a half. It, it's it's about right uh, in terms of the spread. Do you have a lean? Do you have anything you've bet already in this game? I'm I'm going with the under again. Um, you know, it, when I say again, I, I I did like the under San Francisco L.A. That was a lean, but I was more on the under for the um, Kansas City Bengals game and the Super Bowl. You know, we we know the the public, um, you know, typically goes heavy on the over. Uh, once again, you know, this opened at 50, 50 and a half. Yeah. I, I felt even better about the under there. Uh, Bet Rivers now has it at 48 and a half for what that's worth. It's uh, still a, an, an under lean for me, Will. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, do we get another field goal game? Like right now, if, if we have to make a pick against the spread, uh, I, I think I'm going with the Bengals. I, I, you know, listen, I have not dissected this matchup that much, as you mentioned as well, Will, but right now, gun to my head, I, I think I'm going to take the four with Cincinnati. Yeah, I just I have a hard time seeing Cincy win the game, and you know four is not enough. Where it's like, all right, I think the Rams are going to win, but I think Cincy's going to cover. I would actually lean towards laying it. I just can't imagine the Rams losing this game. Look, I, I can imagine it. We've seen a ton of upsets. We've seen anything's possible. I would yeah. lean Rams here, but like you said, uh, plenty of time to dig into this one. Uh, don't want to overkill it. We're sitting here talking about the same game for two weeks, but by next Friday we'll all be sick of it. So uh, I've saved a lot of my you know research uh, as the props start to come out. I'll check those out, but. Uh, initial lean would be the under. Initial lean would be the Rams, but uh, nothing I've really played yet. Maybe I'll play the under just because I do think that could tick down. You know, 47, 47 and a half. Uh, 47 is obviously uh, a key number. You know, 27, 20. Those are it's a common score where 47 uh, that number matters. So uh, maybe bet the under that that could move, but uh, haven't dug too much into it. Like you said, you got plenty of time here. I don't I don't love the two weeks. Now it does take us to the middle of February. You know, by the time football season ends, look, we're a couple way away, a couple weeks away from March Madness. Hopefully, baseball's not too far around the corner. So, uh, from that perspective, the lengthening of the season does take us closer to March Madness, NBA playoffs, baseball, that kind of thing. But not crazy about the two weeks here. All right, like I said, we'll, uh, you know, I'm sure Will and I will be doing another crossover, our weekly crossover, like we have been doing. We'll we'll do another one next week as we'll be a little bit closer uh, to kick off for the big game. But in the meantime, Will, let's uh let's talk some hoops before we get out of here and and wrap things up. And, you know, I'll start with my 76ers. And uh, you know, last night at the time of recording here on on Tuesday, Sixers get a big win against John Morant, who I absolutely love to watch, by the way. That kid's just an absolute stud. Uh the Memphis Grizzlies come into Philadelphia. Sixers give Joel Embiid a a, a well deserved uh, night off after he's just been playing Night in and night out, which is is rare to see here in Philadelphia based on Embiid's history. But uh, he takes home player of the week in the Eastern Conference last week amongst all the other accolades he's been piling up uh, already this year, player of the month awards. And we know he's shot up the odds boards everywhere, especially here at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, I, I don't know, man. They're, they're starting to get 
more talk around the 76ers, obviously with the Eagles season coming to an end, but it's just been a weird year. There's another report out this morning from Ramona Shelbourne talking about Ben Simmons saying he's still not mentally ready to play and he never will be mentally ready to play here in Philadelphia. But uh, the 76ers, man, don't look now. They're they're starting to look like a team. Um, there's some interesting items on the futures market. So uh, I don't know. What what do you make of all of this? Maybe I'm too close to the situation. What's your thoughts? Oh, I am all in on the Sixers. I mentioned last week that I like the division to, to win that Atlantic plus 175. It's about even money now. The Nets have not played well. Uh, they're a mess. Aldridge is hurt. Durant's still out another three weeks, a month. Who knows? Harden now is hamstring issue, hand strains. Uh, the rumors he wants to be traded and wants to be traded to Philly, which adds another layer to it. I can't see that happening, but who knows? Uh, to me, the Nets are a mess, and the F- Phillies live. If you can get them uh, now, again, shop around. I saw some nine, ten to ones to win the Eastern Conference. <clears throat> Milwaukee has not played well. Now you figure, you know what? Championship hangover. They just won the title. You know, end of July, they'll turn it around. Lopez has been out. Who knows? Uh, if you're the Sixers, you can win this division. You can get a nice seed. Now it feels like a repeat of last year when they burned me, but. Uh, if you can get a nice seed and, and play somebody, you know, Charlotte in the first round and then maybe, who knows, the Cavs or something in the second round, you have a scenario where uh, the Nets and the Heat beat up on each other, uh, the Nets and the Bucks beat up on each other. I mean, not inconceivable. That's the 4-5 or five matchup, believe it or not. Uh, I think the Sixers are good. I mean, th- do they have another trade? Can they add a Beal? Can they add Fox? Can they add somebody? Can they add some shooting to Embiid? Because, you know, you almost owe it to the guy to give him another piece. He's just been so dominant. But, you know, at the, I feel like at the end of the day, this roster is probably not good enough to win a championship, make a finals. But who knows? It's kind of a wide open year. Embiid's been great. Uh, it, it's just, can you get another piece? Can you get a piece back? Can you just, whatever you got to do, beg, borrow, and steal to get Bradley Beal or, or Lillard or yeah. whoever it would be to, to come in and, and give you some juice on offense to go with Embiid? It's, uh, I don't think it's happening. You know, the, the trade deadline uh, is February 10th, and here we are now, February 1st uh, today as we record. So it, we're nine, 10 days away from the official deadline uh, and everything Daryl Morey has come out and said and just how this whole process has gone. Uh, no pun intended there with the process, but I, I don't see Ben Simmons getting traded before the deadline. Uh, but despite that, right, let's say this is the squad for the 76ers. The, the Eastern Conference, you know, outside of the Nets, and you just brought up all of their problems, this Eastern Conference once again seems completely wide open. You know, I, I haven't been watching a ton of Miami Heat games. I'm not going to sit here and lie, but they seem like the only team that – you know, it could maybe be their year. They're piecing things together. They've been consistent for a couple months now. Outside of that, the Chicago Bulls, great story. They don't scare anyone when I think, uh, you know, it's all said and done. So this Eastern Conference, Will, to your point, I think is is completely wide open. And Joel Embiid, just to be clear, he is the odds-on favorite to win MVP right now at Bet Rivers at 2-1. to one. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know we talked maybe a month ago. You were saying, yeah, and beat 50 to 1. And I was like, yeah, maybe I guess at 50 to 1, it's worth a shot. I mean, it did not take that long to go from 50 to 1 to 2 to 1. I no. wish I got in on that. That's a hell of a call by you. I um, mean, still obviously a long way to go, and you have to sweat out an injury. I mean, Embiid's had injuries. A lot can change, a lot can happen. But uh, definitely the leader in the clubhouse, Curry's really falling off. I mean, he had a great night last night, but Durant's, Durant got hurt. He's out of the mix. Curry hasn't played well. Uh, you know, Jokic won it last year, as great as he's been. It's hard to see him on kind of a mediocre team winning it again this year. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe Giannis. It's still it's is a long All way right. to go, but uh, you're sitting on a hell of a position there with with Embiid fifty to one. Good for you. 
yeah, it's it's just been an unbelievable story. And and right now, like forget what we talked about in the past, but you know, right now, I think for listeners out there, if you're if you're posing the question, uh, is now a good time? I, I say absolutely not. No, <laughs> you know, at I, I love Embiid. He's my guy. Uh, and man, it's been impressive and a cool story to see uh, him. You know, catapult himself atop the the odds boards here. Uh, but a two to one, th yeah. there's just absolutely no value there. And then I bring up his his track record. You know, the most games he's ever played in a regular season, 64. He just con consistently misses time. Um, unfortunately, if I had to bank on it, I would say he's going to miss some more time here at some point between now and the postseason. Let's not beginning. say that. Let's not go there, please. I know. Listen, I, I hope I'm wrong. But even if it's five or ten games, well, I'm not talking about like a torn Achilles, anything serious, but he's already missed nine, ten games. If he gets to that, you know, 20 mark again, I I, I don't think that's uh, enough games played for the voters to to give him this award. No, nah, you're in good shape. I, I agree, though. Two to one, it's not enough. Plus, you're tying up your money. Right. I mean, they don't cash this award. They vote on this, what, end of June, June early July. It takes forever for them to to grant yep. the award, to pay out on the award. So you're going to bet something in February uh, at two to one that you can't cash until June, July, even if you do win. Yeah, it's not worth it. Uh, no. Again, it, with these MVPs, these future markets, it's about finding the guy before the move. You know, it's, in, it's about finding Embiid a month ago before he goes off. You know, finding Embiid at 50 to one, and then he goes to two and one, then you're in good shape. You know, it, it's finding the guy that's way down, that's about to make a move. You know, once the guy makes the move, it, it's kind of too late. And if we're looking for that guy, uh, right now, you know, we say Embiid for some obvious reasons not worth it at, at two to one. How about Devin Booker at fifty to one? How about even you know John Morant at fourteen to one? I, I don't think John Morant can get it, but heck, fourteen to one is not terrible value. Devin Booker at fifty to one, where the Suns have single digit losses right now and they're once again cruising. Uh, that's not a bad position to be in on a, in a buy low spot. Yeah, and I've thought about you know it's tough maybe Doncic. He's starting to play better. That team's starting to play well. He was actually the favorite preseason. Maybe he's worth a shot. Maybe some of the Suns guys, uh, could, just because their record's so good. Uh, yep. You know, could Jimmy Butler, if the Heat get a one seed, could Jimmy Butler steal the award? LeBron's up there at 40 to 1. Now he's hurt, so that probably crosses him off. But if he were to come back, you got Davis back playing well. If they make a run, you know, maybe a lifetime achievement deal where LeBron gets it. But, you know, I, I wouldn't t go too crazy if you want to just, you know, sprinkle a, a, a few beer bucks, a few, few pizza uh, dollars, a few pizza bets on some of these guys at real long odds. Uh, maybe you strike gold like you did with Embiid at 50 to 1 and, you know, things break your way. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. And obviously we'll be talking uh, more and more hoops as uh, the football season winds down here, which is the Super Bowl ahead of us. Uh, and, and we'll be talking more about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, Will, is there anything else we want to bring up? I, I certainly think we should uh, give our thoughts or, or, or two on uh, on Brady officially retiring now. <laughs> yeah, what a strange sequence. I mean, it comes down Saturday that he's going to retire. And then Brady, I mean, even as late as last night, Brady said, you know what? It's a process day by day. He was on a podcast 7 o'clock last night talking to Jim Gray saying, well, I got to take it day by day. And Gray kept pushing him saying, well, where are you at with it? He's like, I just, you know, he kind of got, I, I read the quote. I didn't hear it. I, it sounded like he got a little annoyed was like hey i just said i'm taking it day by day and it's a process then you wake up in the morning you know eight o'clock nine o'clock in the morning he's got this nine part retirement letter so it's like dude, yeah you obviously knew uh maybe he right. didn't want to step on the championship games and, and steal a spotlight away from him but uh you could tell Schefter's not going to get something like this wrong i mean people were kind of dunking on adam Schefter, saying oh man he looks bad he got this one wrong yeah. I mean, he was not going to put his neck out there 
there's the risk reward versus you know being right versus being wrong was not worth it you knew he got this one right i knew he got this one right uh, you know, it, it really, if Brady wasn't going to retire, he would have come out and said, you know what? It's a false report. I don't know where they got it. I'm playing next year. Uh, ever since that last game versus the Rams, he had kind of, you know, made, made the comments that made you think, wow, he's actually probably going to retire where he's like, you know what? If I, if I quit now, or if I retire now, I'm proud of everything I've accomplished. You know, usually he's pretty adamant. All right, I'm ready to go next year. It sounds like, uh, this is it now. You, you never know. Maybe he gets the itch around August. Some team, you know, San Francisco, some team, he can come back. You never say never, but. Yeah, uh, that's probably it. it. It's kind of funny to see his career grow from, you know, I was watching the game when he first came in against the Jets. The Jets hurt Drew Bledsoe. Mo Lewis uh, levels Drew Bledsoe along the sideline. And, you know, typical Jets luck. They hurt the the Pat, the Patriots franchise quarterback at the time. And then Tom Brady emerges into this great quarterback. And it's funny to see him emerge to go from David to Goliath because he was the ultimate underdog for so long. And, you know, it's obviously the opposite now. But you think of Brady – those early years, especially that first year, and it's like a guy who just had to do everything he could just to stay on the team, just to start. He was kind of like Rudy, where he's the ultimate underdog, and now it, it's the opposite, where it's like, oh, Tom Brady gets every call. He's the ultimate superstar. So uh, interesting to see that shift. He's obviously had the greatest career of any quarterback of all time. Uh, in terms of being the best quarterback of all time, I think it's a debate. You know, Peyton Manning was, to me, as good as anybody. I mean, he just didn't have Belichick. He had Dungy, who I, I know is in the Hall of Fame. Wasn't To me, Dungy was not a, a great coach, even a good coach. You know, it seemed like yeah. Brady's always had a top-10 defense. He always had a kicker that never missed. Uh, I mean, there was a game in the playoffs where, he, you know, he threw an interception, and his guys stripped it back, and they came back on. I mean, he's definitely had uh, a, a lot of good fortune in his career. I mean, he's a great, all-time great player. I love Brady. It's not a knock on him. Uh, I, I push back on the idea that it's undisputed he's the best quarterback ever, but certainly the best career ever. And I kind of got sad when I saw the news that he was retiring. I kind of got sad. I'm not sure why. I don't root for the Bucks. I don't necessarily root for Brady. It's just, uh, you know, when these guys go, it's, you know, that it's just, it's, it makes you feel old a little bit. I'm not sure. There was a little yeah. sentimentality to see him retire. And uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like this time last week, I thought he would retire just because it was leaning that way. But this time two weeks ago, up until that really that Friday versus the Rams, I heard Peter Schrager on one of the shows saying, hey, you never know, Brady could retire after the game. And I thought that was strange. It, he he was adamant he didn't have any sources. But looking back, he probably had some tip off that uh, this could be it for uh, for Brady. And it really kind of came out of nowhere. No farewell tour. Uh, just kind of came and went in, in his final season. And kind of strange to have an NFL without Tom Brady. Yeah, it really is. I, I mean, when, when an all-time great like him retires, it's uh... – it's bitter. It's not bittersweet. It's it's a little bit sad, like yeah, you said. Is. Like I, you know, I remember when Kobe did his farewell farewell tour. Uh, you know that that was. It's like, damn. All right, I feel old. Like you remember his his rookie year. You remember Brady, uh, in the Super Bowl and that David versus Goliath, uh, situation against the Rams. And it's sort of, I guess, ironic that his potential. Uh, well, it's not potential. You know, it's uh, his final game now. He loses to the Rams in the playoffs after getting his first Super Bowl win against the greatest show on turf, uh, Kurt Warner and, and and that crew. I, I'm not ready to put the nail in the coffin yet with him. You know, I think you're you're on to something just with the the speculation of August, the right situation uh, opens up and he gets a phone call and he gets that itch again. Like the Tampa Bay situation sort of got ugly overnight, Will. Like, like the A-B thing. Uh, they got old overnight. They got hurt overnight. Uh, and, and Bruce Arians, you know, I don't know how he's feeling about him right now, how that season went, how it ended. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. The, the right situation, it would have to be the perfect storm, I think, for him to come back. But I, I wouldn't rule it out for what that's worth. There's going to be plenty to talk about 
hot take alert, as there always is in the NFL offseason, but uh, still plenty to talk about for this season with the big game. Uh, feels like ages and, and ages away here, but it's going to come quickly, uh, and I'm sure you and I will have a lot to talk about next time we do this crossover, uh, you know, sometime next week, man. So another good episode. I think we nailed it. Yeah, and look, I mean, Super Bowl odds for next year are already up, so you can already take a flyer. Hey, I like this team, 50-1, to 100-1. to 1. I'm sure everyone's going to be looking for those sleepers after the Bengals were 200-1 to 1 at one point, and they opened 81 to win a Super Bowl. So we're all going to be looking for the next sleeper. Uh, and in the draft, I mean, your team's got a bunch of picks. The New York teams have a bunch of picks in the top 10. So the draft will be here before you know it. Uh, it's going to be a fun offseason with all these quarterbacks on the mix. So uh, hopefully we'll do this again next week. I enjoyed it, man. Appreciate it. All right, good stuff there from Will, as always. I always love catching up with Will for our weekly crossover episodes. Make sure you are subscribed to the show, Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, available on all of your podcast platforms. And you can give me a follow on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. You can find links to each and every episode, as well as links to all of the platforms the podcast is available to you. Uh, so make sure you're following and subscribe so you don't miss anything we're putting out there. I appreciate everyone once again. And as always, for tuning in, we have a busy week once again ahead of us. So don't miss any of it. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll catch you on the next episode right here on the Philadelphia CityCast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.